Hello from the ABA Mid-Year Meeting 2019 in Las Vegas, Nevada. I'm Lawrence Coletti. And I'm Dr. Jeffrey Frederick. And we're on the road with Legal Talk Network. And we're back here in Las Vegas. We're at Caesars Palace at the ABA Mid-Year Meeting 2019. It's my pleasure. I met somebody new. We had a little talk about where we're uh, staying relatively. So uh, welcome to the show, Dr. Frederick. Well, thank you, Lawrence. Excellent. So today we're uh, we're talking about a presentation that you just uh, gave, and it also happens to uh, coincidentally match up to the title of the book that you wrote. It's titled Mastering Vordeer and Jury Selection, Gain an Edge in Questioning and Selecting Your Jury. So how'd it go? Things went really well. This is the fourth edition of the book. The The book originally started out in 1995, and there has been a lot of changes in the uh, how jury trials are run uh, and how, what attorneys need to do to be more effective in jury selection. And so over the years, we've tried to adapt to that and provide them with the best thing to take away. So my understanding, this was put on by the Solo Small Firm and General Practice Division today? Yes, it was. Okay, perfect. So let's get into that. So I, I'm not a, uh, I was never a trial attorney per se. And mm-hmm. so a lot of this is going to be new to me. Uh, and so obviously the process of Voidir is to select the best possible jury for your case. And, you know, you want to eliminate uh, bias and you want to make sure that the people that are serving on the jury are going to be fair. Mm-hmm. And so let's talk about some of the elements that you're looking for. Well, what I do is that, and there's a little qualification here, Lawrence, uh, and that is that we we can only affect by moving people off the jury. We can't actually say, I like you, I'm going to put you on. So a lot of focus of our voir dire is to how, do, how do I identify those jurors who, based on maybe their backgrounds, their experiences, and primarily what's inside their heads, what their mindset is, you know, how do I identify those people who would not be able to consider our client's case? Uh, and oftentimes we talk about good or bad jurors, but, but quite frankly, there really is nothing to good or bad jurors. It's just a matter of do jurors have backgrounds and experiences and opinions that uh, may make them less receptive to one side or the other. And so if we happen to talk about good or bad jurors, for me, all jurors are good. It's just whether or not they'd be helpful to our client. So I imagine some of that, your, your interaction, I, I was able to do a brief little bit of research. And so your interaction with the jury is going to be different depending on the jurisdiction. And sometimes judges take a more prominent role and sometimes they give a lot of leeway for the Mm -hmm. attorneys to ask certain questions. So in terms of that, where do you start? Well, that's actually a good place to start. You need to start with what is allowed in your jurisdiction. You know, you have some federal courts where the judge and maybe some state courts as well, where the judge conducts all the questions. And you may even have to submit your question to the judge in advance. Whereas most courts allow some form of attorney-conducted voir dire. And that's where the attorneys have the better chance to try to find out uh, a little bit about jurors and be able to assess whether or not they would be good or bad for their case. Okay. And so in terms of those uh, jurisdictions where the attorney gets a little more leeway, can be a little bit more involved, what is your first go-to tactic? Well, my first go-to tactic is to enable the attorneys to think about Voidir as a conversation. They want to have, just like Lawrence, like you and I, we're having a conversation. They need to do the same thing during jury selection, during Voidir. Uh, they can't have it be a job interview. 
They can't have it be an interrogation. They need to approach it as a conversation because when you do that, that opens up jurors. They're more likely to talk about themselves and talk to you. And that's the first thing we do is we get the mindset of the attorney right. And then we go to how can we get jurors to participate in voir dire? And this is something since most voir dire is conducted in a group setting uh, and your your audience may know this, that it's basically the, the jurors may come in in groups of uh, 6, 12, 14, and then sometimes as many as 40, 50 to 100 jurors at a time. Uh, you're still having a conversation with those people, but you have to get them started out participating. And so we develop strategies, and, and we talk about this in the book, and we develop strategies on how you can get them involved early. And it may be something as simple as, for example, Lawrence, I, I would uh, ask you to you know, tell me what, um, tell me your name, tell me your occupation, if you work outside the home, and what you do if you don't work outside the home, and also, do you have any children, and, and maybe some of, uh, but what do you like to do in your spare time? And what we do is we have every juror tell us that, and then that gets them a little more comfortable with speaking in the group and speaking in open court. In those jurisdictions where you're going to have jurors primarily raise their hands in order to uh, indicate an affirmative answer, we again try to get them participating early. And we do that by something as simple as maybe telling jurors in the very beginning, you know, when I talk to jurors during voir dire, they, you know, about voir dire later on, they oftentimes tell me, you know, the first, the, the most difficult time I had in voir dire was the first time I answered, the first time I raised my hand. So let's everybody here in the courtroom, let's everybody raise our hand so we can kind of get comfortable with this. Do your do your fellow jurors a favor, you know, and so and, and developing techniques like this that that take some of the pressure off voir dire and get jurors to open up. So after you've disarmed them a little bit you know, charmed them a little bit, got them to feel a little bit more comfortable. Now you're looking for elements to disqualify them or trying to smoke out bias. And so mm -hmm. where do you go from there? So now that everybody's comfortable, everybody's friends, what's the next step? Well, whether or not we're friends may be a different point, but, but hopefully we've, we've gotten them to be a little bit more comfortable. Then we have to, we look for what areas do I need to know about jurors? And it may be that we, we go ahead and we think about in advance, like what were the worst answers I could get to this question that would indicate somebody who is really biased against me? And so what we'll do is that we'll think about those and then we'll have introductory questions. It might be, you know, what do people think about lawsuits? Uh, or lawsuits against doctors and this kind of thing and get them to start talking about it. But we keep in our back of our mind, what are those bullet questions? What are those, those answers that if that person said something, they really have to go from our perspective? And that if we don't hear that answer, we then interject it. And we go ahead and ask it to make sure that nobody out there really believes that. And that's one of the things we do. Another thing we do is that we also diffuse the negative connotation to, to what we call bias. You know, and oftentimes you'll hear, uh, and, you know, uh, attorneys or judges saying, you know, do you have a bias or prejudice against this, that, or the other thing? Are you biased against corporations? Are you biased against plaintiffs? And, you know, people know that, well, wait a minute, bias is a bad thing. So, no, of course, they don't have these biases. But what we talk to them about is filters, uh, leanings, things that reflect the same thing, but don't use that negative term. And this way, we get them to kind of loosen up. We might even ask the whole panel, how many of you do not have any filters or biases we've been talking about? Uh, and, you know, very few people are going to raise their hands to that because they've now learned it like, hey, it's part of being human. 
Uh, and this is how we get them more comfortable with the process. We identify the potential filters of biases that we need to address, and then we address them. So how about fairness? So, I mean, it's one thing, I'm not going to be biased, but is somebody going to necessarily be fair? I mean, we all have different personal experiences that uh, lead to different decision-making and we view the world through different rubrics, right? Mm -hmm. So how do you uh, ferret out fairness? Well, you ferret out fairness by identifying what would be the manifestations of unfairness. Okay. You know, so if, you know, if they would need more evidence to convict somebody, uh, convict a police officer in a case involving excessive force, that's not fairness. If they would lean one way or the other, that's not fairness. If they would require more evidence of something, uh, these are all things that indicate that they couldn't be, quote, fair. That is, they come in with a perspective that would require something the law doesn't require. And so we look at our case and find out what would those areas be, and then we address them. Okay, so this is the bonus round. Okay. All right, what I'd like to be able to do, uh, I would try to do this every, every meeting we have with the ABA, is to leave instantly take away benefits to listen to this podcast. So something they can mm -hmm. plug into their practice attorneys, you know, plug into their practice, make it instantly better. So can you share with our audience three of your favorite tips for selecting a jury you know, right now, off the top of your head. Off the top of my head, number one is if you're in a um, personal injury suit, if you're a plaintiff, you want to ask jurors, which do they think is worth to award too much money damages to an injured party or to award too little money damages to an injured party? Quite frankly, those people who say that it would be worse to award too much money to uh, the injured party, those people are pro-defense. Boom. Number two, I think for number two, I would want them to ask a question that asks them, what difficulties would you have in doing X, Y, and Z? Not would you have difficulties, but what difficulties would you have? What we find is when you do that, more people are willing to admit that they have difficulties doing it. And that would be the second thing. And I guess the, the third thing would be is to do not shy away from your problems. You know, issues of bias, issue of racial prejudice, you know, these things uh, that, that they're in there and you have to attack them aggressively and you can't just kind of dance around them. Is that you should be willing to say, OK, you know, I'm going to be, you know, we're suing for 50 million dollars or or whatever it is. And you you've got to put it on the table. You can't kind of shuffle about on it. You've got to confront where the problem areas are because. You've got a good case. You wouldn't bring it if you didn't, but if you shy away from it, jurors are gonna pick it up. Well, Dr. Frederick, I have just one last question for you before we close it out today. If our listeners would like to follow up, how can they find you? Well, they can find us at www.nlrg.com. That's nationallegalresearchgroup.com. They can Google Jeff Frederick and jury trial consultant, and they can go to the ABA website where I have two of my books right there. Well, we've reached the end of the road for today's episode, but I want to thank our guest, Dr. Frederick, for joining us today. Thank you. I also want to thank our listeners for tuning in. And if you like what you heard today, please subscribe, rate, and review us in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcasting app. We'll see you next time for another episode of On the Road with Legal Talk Network. If you'd like more information about what you've heard today, please visit LegalTalkNetwork.com. Subscribe via iTunes and RSS. Find us on Twitter and Facebook, or download our free Legal Talk Network app in Google Play and iTunes. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network, its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice.
as always, consult a lawyer.